The word of our Lord from the Old Testament book of Exodus. And now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. And so when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And so he said, Here I am. Then the Lord said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And so Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And so I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. The word of our Lord from the Gospel of John. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. So Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We're not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. 
He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God bears God's words, hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. And most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead and the prophets who are dead? Who do you make yourself out to be? So Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so he passed by. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word this morning. We pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would give us eyes to see what you have for us this morning. And we pray all of this in your Son's name. Amen. <clears throat> this coming Tuesday, the fourth day of the month of July, is a, a day of remembrance for our nation. It's a day that we remember our independence and our freedom that we enjoy because of that independence. We enjoy why we we enjoy what we have to enjoy in our freedom and we remember also why we have it. We remember also our heritage. We look back at the past. We look back at those who came before us. We think about those who laid down their lives in that great war of independence. Perhaps we even look at those who have laid down their lives and given of themselves throughout our nation's history. But we also look forward and we think about our posterity. We think about not just the heritage that we've inherited, not just what we have inherited and those from whom we've inherited it, but we also think about what we are to pass on, those who will inherit it still from us. What do we mean when we say that a person is free? Freedom is the ability to do otherwise. Compulsion is not freedom. Freedom is the ability to do or not to do, to say or not to say, to think or not to think. 
It is the ability to do otherwise. It is to have the liberty to do what one will. But patriotism is not the same as Christian faith. Why is patriotism not quite the same as Christian faith? Well, because the leaders of our nation, neither those of any nation, are Lord of all. That title is reserved for Jesus alone. Only He is Lord of all. We don't even receive our personal rights from our nation. They are ours by virtue of our being created in the image of God. It even says so in the first line of the second paragraph of our founding document. You know how it reads. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Our nation does not give us our freedoms. It does not give us those rights that are connected to our personhood, namely the right to life, the right to liberty, and the right to pursue happiness. Because they are a part of our humanity. And not just generic humanity, but they are a part of our having been created in the image of God. He gave us our rights. He made us persons in His own image. And He has given us life. He has given us liberty. And He has given us the opportunity to pursue happiness. Interestingly, in the, um, in the Founding Fathers, as well as in uh, some of the, 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 the fathers of Methodism, like John and Charles Wesley, and even throughout church history, we have always connected happiness to virtue. Because happiness is not just some good feeling that quickly passes away in the older world. In the older world, happiness was about being a happy person. It was about having virtue, living a a, a right and good and faithful life, a dependability. And so while patriotism is not the same as Christian faith, patriotism is certainly acceptable within Christian faith. Perhaps patriotism is even beneficial to the Christian faith. Because the starting point for the Christian faith is the image of God. God created us to be woven into webs of relationships. He made us for others. He made us by others. We all have a mommy and a daddy. And He created us for others, to be found in relationships, to have friends, to be neighborly, to work together, to be encouraging, to be strengthening and empowering. God created us to be woven into these webs of relationships. And just as the love that we have for our families... And the love that we have for our church 
and the love that we have for all of those other webs of relationships in our lives, just as that love that we have for these says nothing of the love that others have for theirs, so love of country does not suggest that others are not lovable in their own right. It is okay to say that we live in a pretty good nation. It is okay to say that we live in an exceptional nation. I think my family is exceptional. It's a pretty good family. We live a pretty good life. You all have pretty good families and live pretty good lives. What we have here at this church is pretty good. It's a good life together. And it's okay for us to value that and celebrate that. Just as a family welcoming a baby into into their home doesn't mean that folks that aren't having babies are bad or evil or anything like that. It doesn't say anything about that. It's celebrating good where it can be found. And we have quite a bit of good as citizens of this nation. But the good that we have as this nation, as, as citizens of this nation, the good that we enjoy, we must always remember, comes ultimately from our Creator. It comes ultimately from the triune God who made us in His image. For every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no shadow of turning and no variation. He is good and He gives what is good. So what is Christian freedom? Christian freedom is the declaration that in Christ we are made free. That He has set us free. That He has granted us liberty. That he has triumphed over our enemies. And the question that is begged from that is, okay, well, free from what? The scriptures tell us free from sin. Not just from the consequences of sin, not just free from hell after death, but free from sin is why Christ came, to make us free and free indeed. You see, sin wrecks these relationships. It destroys these webs of relationships. It pits us against one another. Sin is always personal and it's always relational in the scriptures. Sin is not just about words that are used. It's not just about things that are consumed. Sin is about how we treat others. Sin always wrecks our relationships. And so Christ came to set us free. And He declared that whoever He sets free is free indeed. Free from what? Free from sin. But free for what? To what end? For what purpose has Christ set us free? He set us free for love. 
for love toward God and for love toward our neighbor. And Jesus included among our neighbors, our enemies. Even those who use us and abuse us, those who mistreat us, those who speak poorly of us, those who talk bad about us behind our backs, those who who walk all over us like a rug. Those who attack us and persecute us. Christ has set us free to be able to love them. To love them in Him. See, while sin wrecks our relationships, love is the bloodline. It is the lifeblood of our relationships. And the scriptures tell us that all of the law and all of the prophets, every command that God ever gave could be summed up in these two words. Love God and love others. To love God with everything you have in you and to love your neighbor as you love your very own self. And how does Christ make us free? He makes us free by laying down His life freely for ours. He freely gives of Himself. He freely surrenders Himself. He bears His neck for us. He lays His life down for us. And in laying down His life, He offers us forgiveness of sins. He offers us reconciliation to the Father. And He offers us the cleansing of our hearts. He says, you can be forgiven. You can be brought back home. And you can be cleaned up. And so what gives? Why don't we all seem to be changed by this radical offer of freedom? This radical invitation of pardon, of adoption, of sanctification. What gives? Well, let's face it. Most of the world seems almost entirely unaffected by Jesus. Most of the people that we pass on our way to get here this morning, they're just kind of on their way doing their own thing. Chris Weldon, when he was my youth pastor for a couple years, he used to say, just bebopping along. That's how most people live. Just kind of doing their thing, just bebopping along. Seemingly unaffected. Why don't we all seem to be changed? Because of us. The problem is with us. The problem is with humanity. It's not that we can't live free from sin. The, the, the doors have been thrown open. The invitation has been sent out. All have been invited to enjoy the freedom that we have offered to us in Christ. It's not that we can't live free from sin. It's not that we can't live 
free in love for others. It's simply that we won't. We choose not to. We decide that we'd rather not. At least not now. And Jesus tells us that in so doing, sin enslaves us. Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. The text literally reads, the one who is committing the sin, those who go on committing sin, they are enslaved to sin. And each of us have probably been at places in our lives where we've thought, no, I'm not enslaved to that. I, I, I can do without it. I think the challenge of Scripture is, okay, then let me see you do without it. You go on committing your sin, you're enslaved to that sin. You can't do otherwise, not because you have not the power to, not because you have not the ability to, but because you have not the desire to. Your will is attached to that sin. Sin enslaves us. And so as Paul put it, we ought to murder it. We ought to kill it. As Jesus said, if your right hand causes you to sin, if you say, well, I can't sin because this right hand, remove it. Hack it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, Lord, I can't not sin. That right eye of mine, rip it out. Gouge it out. Whatever it is, be done with it. Whatever it is that enslaves you, whatever it is that that you feel you can't escape, whatever it it is that you feel you can't do without, do away with it. Because there's liberty. There's freedom awaiting us. The gates have been opened and we remain imprisoned thinking there's no way out because sin not only enslaves us sin makes us stupid the Jews said Jesus what are you talking about enslaved we've never been enslaved Jesus we're father Abraham's boys We don't know a thing about being enslaved. No one has ever enslaved us. Think about the stupidity of that statement. Not only is Jesus saying, your sin is enslaving you, but they as a people, by virtue of being Father Abraham's children, know what slavery is. Just... Five centuries prior to this, they had been enslaved in Babylon and Persia. Taken into exile. Vomited out of the land because of their wickedness. Because they had broken covenant with their Lord. Not only that, 
They were founded as a nation because of their slavery in Egypt. Moses, wandering out in the wilderness of Mount Horeb, stumbles upon a bush that is burning and yet not consumed. And thinks to himself, self, we should go check this out. And so self wanders over to check this thing out. And the bush begins speaking to him, Moses, Moses, here I am, Lord. Take the sandals off your feet because you're treading upon holy ground. I am the God of your fathers. And I have heard the cries of my people. They are oppressed and they are enslaved. And I have come down to rescue them. Apart from the cross, the greatest image of grace in all of Scripture is Exodus chapters 3 through 20. Come on, Israelites, pack your bags. We're going home. Why? Because you're enslaved, but God's not going to leave you here. Why? Because He loves you that much. But sin makes us stupid. Jesus, we've, we've never been enslaved before. I mean, we're the, we're the epitome of freedom. We're the poster children in this ancient world of ours of living the free life, living the good life, answering to no one. They're in the temple and they had to have their own temple money because they're living as a part of the Roman Empire in the backwaters of Palestine. Constantly feeling that cold and deadly thumb in their backs. But sin makes us stupid. And in making us stupid... Sin also breaks our sense of self. You ask an Israelite, who are you? He would say, we're part of the people of God. The people of God who he brought up out of bondage from Egypt. We're the people that he brought over the sea. Their self-identity as a nation was tied up in their liberty from enslavement in Egypt. All of what they knew about themselves was that God had set them free. And in being enslaved by their sin, and in being made stupid by their sin... They even forfeited their own sense of self. Because of sin, we don't even know who we are. I keep giving a little commercial teaser. In a few weeks, we're going to be looking at some things that are going on in our culture. Our culture is clearly screaming to understand who we are. 
Who am I? Our sense of self is broken by sin. But Christ, but Christ gives us a new mind. He breaks the hold of sin and He invites us out of its prison. Christ says, I know your condition. I know where your heart is. I know what has bound you up. And I've come to proclaim freedom. To announce liberty. To give you reason to celebrate. To break you free from your sin. To make you free to love God and to love others. He makes us free. But He makes us free by laying down His life freely. Our freedom isn't free. We hear that often. And in the Christian gospel, our freedom is not free. And not only is it not free, it's not cheap. Grace is not cheap. He laid down His life. He gave of Himself, all of Himself, for us, who have been so enslaved by sin that we've grown stupid and have lost our sense of self. But He invites us, come, be free. Let's pray.